Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is December 2nd, 2022, and our first story. Alex Jones has filed for personal bankruptcy filing that he owes between $1 and $10 billion. A court is actually saying they want to fine him $2.75 trillion to deter him, and that's absolutely insane. But this is an attack on free speech and an attempt to maintain the narrative. In our next segment, Kanye West got banned. He posted what appears to be a swastika in a Star of David, but some people say it's the symbol of realism this belief that aliens created humanity. But either way, free speech is truly being tested. In our last segment, Indiana Jones gets woke, goes broke. Apparently, they're going to replace Indy with a female character, and the test screenings are bad. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Everybody has a theory about what's going on with this insane Newsweek. I know, we've been talking about Ye a lot because the dude dominated news coverage. Now everyone's coming out of the woodwork to talk about what happened. And there's an update in a similar vein. Infowars host Alex Jones files for personal bankruptcy. Now we knew this was coming or something like it was coming because the court is trying to go after him for $2.75 trillion. I'm not kidding. Like, a, a, a magical, insane number that exceeds the GDP of France. In fact, the number is so absurd, it makes a mockery of the court, as some have even suggested. But this is the attempt to shut down free speech. It's the attempt to control the narrative. And something really interesting is happening with what happened with Ye. Going on Alex Jones's show, people are strangely defending Alex Jones, it's, it's weird what, what Ye has done. It's like shifting the Overton window. Now, Elon Musk has put out a tweet saying that when you piss off all of the extremists, you're doing something right. And it's like, maybe in a vague sense of where we want society to be, but not in any sense of morals, ethics, or principles. Like, banning Ye because he posted some offensive image that apparently is... It's a symbol of some religion about aliens uh, uh, having created Earth or something like that, I guess. Banning him over that image because many people said it looked like a, or it literally is a swastika in a Star of David. That's not a violation of the rules. So it's exposing Elon as a bit of a hypocrite, but revealing that all of this and all it is doing 
is pulling the Overton window away from the far left. With Elon, uh, with, with Elon Musk unbanning all of these people, they're now in the conversation again. Ye then goes out and there's a hard reset when he goes on Alex Jones's show and says such insane things that even Jimmy Kimmel is somehow defending Alex Jones in a rather humorous way. Right now, it is the most crucial time to defend free speech. In New York, they're trying to pass a law, I believe they did, and it's going into effect soon, that actually bans hate speech. It makes it basically illegal, forcing companies to remove hateful or humiliating speech. Rumble has announced they will be suing and pushing back. The corporate press over the New York Times and several outlets are claiming hate speech is running amok on Twitter, and it's just not true. And from this, many people believe that there is a deeper conflict afoot. An information cyber war, a war of wits and, and uh, battle. I, I should say war because it's not a battle between just a handful of individuals. This is full scale uh, information war, I suppose, an influence conflict. Many people are suggesting I'm not going to act like it's most uh, uh, the biggest thing in the world or anything like that. But people are saying we've got James Lindsay that basically what Ye is doing is fracturing the anti-woke base. Ye goes in, says a bunch of crazy things and makes, you know, anti-woke people at odds with each other over free speech. Some people were, were uh, texting me saying, don't have these people on your show. Ye claimed, I suppose what I was told is, is it what I was told. He claimed uh, he called me an NPC on uh, Alex Jones's show. Uh, I was told by Ian that he said that someone called me 10 minutes before the show and told me what to say, which is just absolutely not true. The full hour before the show, we were talking. But it does feel weird. And there's a lot of people who think that this could be a psyop. Like, how does something like this happen? Well, maybe it's not a psyop. Maybe everything we're seeing is a component of the breakdown. Maybe the reason you think life was stable before was because of the psyops. And when people are just decentralized and can do and say what they want, as we're starting to get more and more of, maybe it's the opposite of a psyop. Maybe the natural state of humans is to say crazy things. So let's take a look at what's going on with Alex Jones and his bankruptcy. The filing here is actually quite revealing, saying that he owes upwards of uh, between one and ten billion dollars as he's filing for this. I think what's happening to Alex Jones is an attack on everything he's built. I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want you to take it the wrong way. I want you to understand I'm not telling you this uh, uh, as a drag on, on Alex or as, as a brag of my own or anything like that. But when Alex was hosting Kanye West, he had about 5,000 concurrent live viewers. They are trying to silence the man. And he, in my view, is doing everything to reject that. So what did we see? The other day we saw Ye, Jones and Fuentes. And these are some of the most canceled people in the country, and they're pushing back and amplifying each other. That's why Alex is, in my opinion, that's why he's like, yeah, let's 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 roll and, and, and has him come on and say these things. Don't get me wrong. We had Ye on as well. I wanted to talk news. He got up and stormed off. So be it. Let's get started with Alex Jones's uh, bankruptcy filing, and I'll show you some of the documents. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, uh, become a member. And uh, I have this still pulled up from the other day, but you can check it out. It's the green room number 35 with with Ye when he was at the house. This background is actually him standing in our basement. Walls are all blue. If you want to see what he was saying, I mean, I'll tell you outright a lot of it. But if you want, it's, it's a mini documentary about the day. He was calm and he was saying, I want to know how to become president, things like that. As a member, you'll get access to a bunch of this content. This one is not particularly uh, as news relevant as anything he said. I don't like putting news content behind paywalls. This is just like an experience of what was going on, and uh, it was expensive. So 
If you guys want to support us, becoming a member is the best way to do so. Smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the story from AP. They say, InfoWars host Alex Jones filed for personal bankruptcy protection in Texas on Friday as he faces nearly $1.5 billion in court judgments over conspiracy theories he spread about the Sandy Hook incident. Jones filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in bankruptcy court in Houston. His filing lists $1 billion to $10 billion in liabilities owed to 50 to 99 creditors and $1 million to $10 million in assets. The bankruptcy filing comes as Jones faces court orders to pay nearly $1.5 billion in damages to relatives of victims of what happened at Sandy Hook. An attorney representing Jones in the bankruptcy case did not immediately return a message seeking comment. Now, over at the Daily Wire, we actually have what appears to be the filings themselves. It says, I understand making a false statement, concealing property or otherwise, blah, 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 fines, etc. And you can see it signed here. 113022. How much do you estimate your assets to be worth? And it says between one and $10 million. How much do you estimate your liabilities to be? And it says between one and $10 billion. Alex has apparently been saying that he needs to make money. He needs people to support him because if they don't start paying some of this, they're going to start seizing the camera equipment and shutting the show down. Here's the truth. Now, I'm not saying what he said there wasn't true. They will. He needs the money. They're going to seize all stuff. What I'm saying, the truth of the circumstance is that there is nothing they can do to stop Alex Jones. Nothing. And the, the, the charging of money will only serve to slightly slow him down. But to be fair, maybe it won't even do that. In which case, I think any monetary penalty against Jones, which attempts to uh, deter him, is a waste of the court's time. And I'll explain. From Newstimes.com, CT Judge asks if $2.75 trillion more to Sandy Hook families would deter Alex Jones's conduct. It won't. And I'll explain, but let's read first. The judge who will decide whether to punish Jones with a $2.75 trillion penalty in addition to defamation damages on top of $965 million wanted to understand what Jones's attorney meant by enough is enough. Norm Pattis, Jones's New Haven defense attorney, argued Monday at the final hearing in the matter before the judge decides what punitive damages to order that the unparalleled jury award of $1 billion in compensation for Sandy Hook families last month was so high that it was punishment enough. This additional $2.75 trillion that families suggest if $1 billion doesn't do it, $3 trillion isn't going to do it. Attorney Pattis, is it your suggestion that nothing can deter Jones's conduct? Asked the uh, judge, Barbara Bellis. The suggestion is the numbers being thrown around promote disrespect for the law rather than respect for the law. You know, $2.75 trillion dwarfs the gross, gross national product of some countries. When the families came out and demanded a trillion dollars, we were on Timcast IRL. We did the show and we were laughing like this is bigger than the GDP of France. Alex Jones will never pay this money. You will never see one cent. So it's just a waste of time. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. 
That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. He says, where is the law that allows me to reach that conclusion? Where is the evidence that if a comp- compensatory award is big enough, punitive damages aren't needed, Bella said. I know what you are saying you want, but what allows me to do it? Quote, the lack of evidence in this case allows you to do it, Pattis responded. Pattis was, re- was referring to a four-year case where Jones was defaulted for pretrial abuses after he broadcast on his InfoWars program at the slaying. Uh, I'm not going to read that stuff about, but you know what he said about Sandy Hook. Pattis told the judge on Monday that the jury was misled during the four-week trial in Waterbury that ended in mid-October because of what jurors were, t- were not told about the defaulted case. The exchange between Bellis and Pattis came at the end of the late morning hearing with family's lead attorney, Chris Matei, who argued that the judge should require Jones to pay heavy punitive damages under the state's unfair trade practices law. The family's Bridgeport law firm, Koskoff, Koskoff and Biter, argued in court papers last month that the leveraging of intentional cruelty for profit exhibited in those in Jones's case may be unparalleled in American history. And therefore, only a punitive damages assessment of historic size will serve those purposes. It's just absolutely insane, to be completely honest. Let me explain. Jones should not have to pay any of this punitive stuff. The purpose of those charges are to prevent the behavior in the future. But it will not. Alex Jones will not stop talking. You can't make him stop talking. And when you when you put him in this position that he can't pay, he can just now go out and say literally anything he wants. Sorry, get in line. He's been sued for, for 1.5 billion, and they want to tack on a trillion, 2.75, almost 3 trillion to be exact. It's not going to work. Alex Jones, if you take away every camera, if you take away every car, every studio, you can strip him to the nude, and someone will hand him a towel and start filming him. And you can sue that person, and someone else will come and start filming him. And you cannot stop a man from speaking. In the end, here's, here, you know, you could, you could go after every single thing and it could result in Alex Jones standing on the, on the promenade in Santa Monica, saying all of this stuff as strangers film it. And then they'll say, you can't upload this filming a guy in the street. I didn't say anything. I'm just filming a guy in the street. You just can't do anything to stop it. This is a waste of everyone's time and it's just downright insane. But why is it happening? Well, I don't know for sure. Of course, who does? Some people believe that it is an attempt to shut down Alex Jones because he's so influential and he was very influential in helping Trump get elected. As Elon now seeks to unban many people, there's one reason Elon says he will not unban Alex Jones. The things he said about Sandy Hook 10 years ago. But the things he said about Sandy Hook are not why he was banned from Twitter. You can see the campaign against Alex Jones has already worked in that regard. He will not be unbanned on Twitter because of what is effectively this court case. They're also trying to take all of his money away from him. James Lindsay has comments about what Ye was doing. 
And Majid Nawaz said something similar. Uh, Joe Biden issued a response to what Kanye West said on Alex's show. He says, I want to make a few things clear. He says the Holocaust happened. Hitler was a demonic figure. And instead of giving it a platform, our political leaders should be calling out and rejecting anti-Semitism wherever it hides. Silence is complicity. James Lindsay said, look what the most recent Democratic establishment Republican op, Operation Yi, has handed to the dialectic regime of platonic oligarchs. This gets tied to January 6th and Trump in a disingenuous way and becomes a dominant narrative, something AOC will start dredging up a year from now in 321. Establishment Republicans will denounce in line, blame Trump, and ask for distance between him and the party. Deplorables, ultra-magas, and the non-establishment right get tied into groipers now and forever in the narrative land, and frankly, y'all walked right into it. Trump gets pushed towards running as an independent, so the vote splits, including down ticket and D's sweep in 24. This yay trap will spring on the Christian nationalism movement soonish. After it has pulled enough pastors and congregates into the trap so they can be mass branded as positively fascist and Nazi adjacent, they've been had and they were warned. Perhaps Sir James Lindsay. He then tweets, are you paying attention? A pray for yay by Andrew Torba of Gab. Perhaps, James Lindsay, I could make uh, a different argument. I could say that Ye, who was a supporter of Trump, went on Alex Jones's show, uh, who went on my show and said Trump did not know who Nick was. And a lot of people say, why would he say that? Now, I was speculating that he could have been attempting to drag Trump down by associating him with Fuentes and getting Fuentes uh, front and centered. But it could be said that what Ye did has caused all of the actual fascists to expose themselves in defense of the thing said by Ye. And I don't mean defense of free speech. I mean, in defense of the things he literally said, like in agreement with him. Ye held up his hand and claimed that he was a Nazi. And he, and he defended Hitler and he denied elements of the Holocaust. I'm being careful here because I, 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 don't, I don't know every single word he said, but uh, effectively denying the Holocaust, saying that six million Jews weren't killed, things like that, claiming it was factually inaccurate. It's just, it's just look. I don't want to call him mentally unwell because he believes incorrect things, but it's just really crazy, right? Trending right now on Twitter. You can see it. Hate speeches rise. This is the new op. This is the new narrative. So maybe Ye is shifting the Overton window, or maybe by coming out and say, saying these things, many people are exposing themselves and they will be purged from conservatives, independents, and libertarians. Maybe. Maybe that purge splits the right because there are uh, a fair amount of people who probably agree with Ye. I think the number is relatively small, mind you, but any amount of damage that the left wants to get will work. But I, I will also stress that many of these people aren't aligned with the right to begin with anyway, so I don't really know. I don't. I will say I have no interest in supporting anybody who agrees with Ye. I have an interest in supporting free speech and anybody who agrees with the free speech of Ye. Because that free speech exposed what they believe. But anyway, I digress. This is what we now have. Ye has become this, this figure. I don't know, man. When Jimmy Kimmel comes out and has like a basic uh, uh, joke kind of praising Alex Jones or humanizing him, you have to wonder. The Daily Bee says Jimmy Kimmel unloads on Kanye West for praising Hitler. He says at the end of the day, and uh, uh, they write, at the end of the day in which Kanye West sat down for three hours of complete insanity, 
with the despicable Alex Jones, Jimmy Kimmel couldn't help but dig into the conversation between two guys who lost a billion dollars each. During his appearance on Infowars, the artist currently known as Ye devolved into ramblings as we get. And he said, uh, Ye said, especially Hitler was the, was the quote that went viral. Especially Hitler, Kim, Kim, uh, Kimmel replied in, in disbelief. I think he's wearing the wrong color hood. The late night host went on to de- uh, debunk West's claims about Hitler's inventions and pointing to an old myth that they invented the microwave oven. Um, I think he meant microphone. Is that it? But I haven't seen anything like this yet. And we have a black white supremacist running around. Oh, come on. Y'all have been screaming that for, for years. He says, let's imagine this was Ariana Grande saying this stuff. We'd load her into a cannon and fire into the ocean, right? But Kanye seems to get crazier every day and he still has fans. And you know an interview has gone off the rails when you're watching it thinking, gee, I hope Alex Jones can talk some sense into this guy. That was pretty good. You got to admit, I'm surprised. Maybe Ye is basically creating a villain that both the left and the right can, can rally against. I don't know. Kimmel ended the bit saying that Herschel Walker should send Kanye a thank you note right now for diverting our attention away from him. Sure, 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 blah, blah, blah. I think everything we're seeing is at the very least to be weaponized by the Democrats. The conservative brief reports Elon Musk tears into Dems for coordinated attacks over Twitter. Strange. Is Ye in on it? I don't know. It would be it would be crazy, in my opinion, that he was. I tend to think um, the simple solution tends to be the correct one. But Elon brings Ye back on the platform. What does Ye do? Ye goes off. He goes he goes off. And then and then Elon's got to get get rid of him. Elon Musk tweeted several other major Democrat politicians attacked me, too, all around the same time. It was coordinated outside of party leadership and independence like Manchin. They are they are essentially actors on the political stage, not directors or script writers. It's interesting. A coordinated attack. It seems so conspiratorial, right? Like, there's no way. I mean, look, people might not like Elon, but could there really be a coordinated attack? Well, how about this? Elon Musk tweeted earlier today, hate speech impressions continue to decline despite significant user growth. Twitter safety will publish data weekly. Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of reach. Negativity should and will get less reach than positivity. The Verge, hate speech is soaring on Twitter under Elon Musk report finds. Huh. That's weird. What's this? The New York Times? Hate speech's rise on Twitter is unprecedented, research finds. Well, that's weird. Elon Musk wouldn't be lying to the public, would he? Isn't that fraud? I think Elon's telling the truth. I think the media is lying because they get away with it. So a coordinated campaign against Elon? Maybe. Here's the story from The Verge. Elon Musk, this is from uh, uh, today, mind you. Elon Musk claimed last week that hate speech impressions on Twitter were down by one third since he took over the company. But the total amount of hate speech on the platform has risen during the same time period, according to research by the Center for Countering Digital Hate. Surprise, surprise. An average of 1,282 tweets with slurs against black people appeared daily on on Twitter before Musk took over. That number has now jumped to 3,876 after he bought the company. During the week of Musk's tweet, uh, it increased even further to 4,650. I think the number is something like half a million tweets every hour. So you're telling me that we divide that number by 24 and it's like 60 hate tweets per hour? Is that it? You see how they're lying. They're saying it's on the rise. Technically, that's the truth, but it's marginal and insignificant to the total number of tweets the platform has. 
They go to mention slurs against trans people. They say in a tweet in mid-November, Musk said hateful tweets would be max deboosted and demonetized so that users wouldn't see the content unless they went looking for it. But even if views are down, the CCDH report found engagement on hate speech is up. Oh, so it's just engagement. So views on hate speech are down. Musk took over uh, the average number of likes, replies, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you get it. Here we go from the New York Times. Hate speeches rise on Twitter is unprecedented. Uh Uh-huh. The dirty games they play. Before Elon Musk bought Twitter, slurs against black Americans showed up on the social media service an average of, okay, so is this basically the exact same article? They just republished it on The Verge? Because I got to say, if that's the case, wow, it's basically the same thing. But it's not plagiarism, is it? They're going to mention the findings from this organization, the shift in speech and all of that. Elon Musk responded to the story saying utterly false. Yeah, that's why they don't like it. They don't like that he bought Twitter because you can do this. They were mad at Trump using Twitter because he did the same thing. He took control of the platform and was able to use it to his own advantage. But let's 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 be critical of Elon here. Elon tweeted, you know, Twitter is being fair when extremists on far right and far left are simultaneously upset. Twitter aims to serve center 80% of people who wish to learn, laugh, and engage in reasoned debate. Yeah, my friend, the center is here. I love it. I think uh, we might have the tweet from the Eve Six uh, guy, which is really, really funny if, uh, if it's here somewhere. I want you to see it. Let me see if I can find it. No, I guess, I guess not. But basically what he said was, Elon Musk is, a, Musk is a billionaire centrist, the worst kind of right winger. And it's like, Centrists are centrists, not right winger. You see what they do there? That's the world they live in. If you're in the center, you're right wing. I think I'm fairly in the center. And Elon Musk says he's trying to cater to us. Well, we have principles here. I lean slightly left, slightly right on certain varying issues, but basically in the center. Yeah, I want free speech. If someone posts a hurtful image, okay, well, so what? There's naughty words all over the place. You can't stop people from hearing and saying things. It is what it is. But Elon Musk called this incitement to violence when he suspended Kanye West. That I disagree with. It may be due to the laws in Europe. In which case, we're going to see a better system. But it's not going to be what y'all think it is. It's not going to be this this free speech absolute thing. Elon is clearly just going to ban people if they're too offensive. He's just got a lower threshold, a lower standard for what is or isn't. And so I think it's a good thing. I'm not going to sit here and drag Elon when he's doing good. Where's the amnesty at? It's Friday. It's Friday, right? Well, I still appreciate what's happening, and there's a lot more that's going on. So I want to give a shout out to the guys over at Rumble, because they're fighting the good fight, too. From Reclaim the Internet, or Reclaim the Net, sorry. Rumble files lawsuit to challenge New York social media censorship law. New York's law would open the door for the suppression of protected speech based on the complaints of activists and bullies. If you're tired of censorship, cancel culture, and the erosion of privacy and civil liberties, they say subscribe to Reclaim the Net. Free speech video uh, sharing platform Rumble and its subscription platform locals have sued New York Attorney General Letitia James to challenge a social media censorship law that they say would force platforms to target constitutionally protected speech. Rumble and locals are being represented by the Free Speech Nonprofit Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression and are joined in the lawsuit by constitutional law professor Eugene Volokh the co-founder of the Vault Conspiracy Legal, Legal Blog. Is that how you pronounce it? The law is titled Social Media Networks, Hateful Conduct Prohibited. 
but it actually targets speech that doesn't that it, uh, the state doesn't like, even if that speech is fully protected by the First Amendment. Fire said in a statement, the law forces a wide variety of Internet platforms to publish a policy dealing how uh, detailing how they'll respond to posts that are deemed to vilify, humiliate or incite violence based on protected classes such as religion, gender or race. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It also requires platforms to create a way for visitors to complain about hateful content and requires them to respond to complaints directly. Platforms that refuse to comply can be investigated by the AG's office subpoenaed and fined up to $1,000 per violation. It comes into force Saturday, December 3rd. As is often the case with censorship laws, the social media network's hateful conduct prohibited law doesn't define, vilify, humiliate, or incite. Rumble suggested this, this means, that this means it would cover constitutionally protected speech like jokes, satire, political debates, and other online commentary. Fire noted that the law's scope is entirely subjective, and suggested that it could target a wide range of First Amendment protected speech, such as a comedian's blog entry, vilifying men by mocking gender stereotypes. And most comments on almost any website that could be considered by some someone somewhere at some point in time as humiliating or vilifying a group based on a protected status like religion, gender or race. Fire added, bloggers, commenters, websites and apps around the country are ensnared by the New York law due to its broad definition of social media networks, as, as for-profit service providers that enable users to share any content. This vague wording means the law can impact virtually any revenue-generating website that allows comments or posts and is accessible to New Yorkers, but no government entity can legally compel blogs or other internet platforms to adopt its broad definition of hateful conduct. New York politicians are slapping a speech police badge on my chest because I run a blog, Volek said. I started the blog to share interesting and important legal stories, not to police readers. This would apply to basically any website, mind you. This law in New York is going to apply to uh, New York Times. Washington Post, I believe, has a New York office. This is why many websites eliminated comment sections. We brought ours back, baby. And there could be a risk there. We don't, I don't think we really have any risks with Section 230 reform or anything like that, because I don't think it's going anywhere. But this New York law, people subscribe based in New York, so what, they'd come after us? I'm not going to think twice about this because I don't live there. But if you live in New York, you better be paying attention because they could cut you off from TimCast.com or who knows, even YouTube. The law is one of several attempts by New York to encroach on the First Amendment and push for the censorship of constitutionally protected speech. Other laws and proposals from the state have pushed to ban the sharing of violent crime videos, ban gendered language in law, that's ridiculous, and allow officials to sue platforms that are suspected of contributing to the knowing or reckless spread of misinformation. Please define for me. Please define for me misinformation. Tell me who has the moral and legal authority to know what is the truth. Always, they will say it's the government. These are, these are trying times, my friends. These are dangerous times. New York is openly attacking the First Amendment with this law, and it must be stopped. What's happening to Alex Jones is absurd. 
$2.75 trillion. Magical numbers that don't exist. I think Vladimir Putin is said to be secretly the wealthiest man on the planet, but even he doesn't have trillions. I think they estimated his value at like $700 billion or something like that. Maybe. Maybe not. Or maybe everything we're seeing is part of a bigger plan. I'm not so sure I'm convinced. There are agendas, for sure. Everybody has their agenda. That's true. But this may be an element of what happens when the machine breaks down. CNN is laying off people. It's shrinking. They sold and then it's just, you know, basically falling apart. CNN Plus collapsed after a month. The narrative machine is crumbling. And with it, more and more regular people are starting to speak up. Everybody and their grandmother has a podcast. Everybody is talking about what they think. And maybe what we're seeing with all of this is two things. The natural state of humans is to say insane things. I mean, but that's not so bad, isn't it? The idea that people can express wildly wildly divergent ideas is meritocratic. The best ideas will rise. It could also be a plot to fracture anybody who exists outside of that narrative. Maybe. Maybe that's why they wanted to come on my show. Yay and them. Didn't work. Came out looking fine. Some people on the left are like, like a sandpiker. He's like, I condemn Tim or whatever, or whatever he's saying. It's like, I don't know. I don't care. It's irrelevant. There's dirty people out there. There's evil people. And so you have to just think about, I'm not sure if I, if I actually have it pulled up. Uh, there is a quote that Elon responded to. It's a Samwise Gamgee quote. And it's, why do we keep pressing on? It's because we believe that there is still some hope out there, that there's still some goodness. I think you have to make it. I've been given every reason over the past several years to not do this. I've long told the story about how, you know, I'm sitting in my in my studio slash bedroom in this, you know, in my own house. And uh, I, I worked until like three something p.m. I was making six figures and I was like, what more do I need? What, you know, I'm making good money. I'm not stressed. I'm not working too hard. But I decided to work harder. I decided to keep going. And um Maybe I could have stopped and just kept my head down. But there's a reason why we do this, and it's because in order for there to be good, people have to work to make good. And so that's what I I, want to do. I want to keep working towards making things better. There are people that I think that are agents agents of chaos, evil people who are seeking to make things worse. It's yin-yang, man. There is a good and there is a bad. There is a light and there is a dark. Within good, there is evil. Within evil, there is good. That's what it essentially means. I'm not going to pretend to be a spiritual or, or cultural expert in that regard, but it's a general idea. At least I was, that, that's what I was told. But there are some really bad people out there who want to just watch the world burn. They masquerade as heroes. They accuse the heroes of being the villains. That's how it works. That's yin yang. You come to a fork in the road with two brothers standing at each fork on each, on each road. One always tells the truth and one always lies. One road leads to sanctuary, and one leads to torment. How do you know which road to go down? It's simple. You ask one brother what the other one would tell them, and then you take the opposite road. It's that simple. The liar, he's going to lie to you. He's going to say, oh, that guy, He'll tell you to take the, the, the road to the right. The road to the right, of course, being the good road. That brother, of course, being the honest one. He's lying, though. 
or I'm sorry, he, 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 would, he would tell you to take the road on the right, which is the bad road, because he's lying, because the guy telling the truth would tell you to take the good road, the other one. You ask the, the, the brother who tells the truth, which road should I take? You know, what, what would, which road would he tell me to take? And he's going to honestly tell you, oh, he's the liar. He'll tell you to take the road to the right that leads to torment. So you just take the opposite road. It's, a, it's an excellent logic problem. But understanding ideas like that, it's how you navigate the cruel, cruel world. Maybe it's one way to navigate the truth. It's imperfect, but it's a general idea. I wish the best for, for everybody, to be completely honest. We'll see what happens. They're going after AJ. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. And uh, Kanye West is suspended from Twitter. What an exciting saga this past week has been. There was a vacuum in American domestic news, and yay, happened to fill that quite perfectly. But fair point, Luke Rutkowski brought this up. There's currently a revolution going on in China, starting because of the extreme COVID lockdowns, which is probably more important, but I do think I will talk about later today. But I guess because we live in America and we have very important free speech issues uh, and issues pertaining to elections and things like that, this matters. It really, really does. I know, I know what's happening in China is very, very important. And it's often that argument where it's like, I wish people cared more about worldly affairs. But I think it is fair to point out because of social media, we have seen elections swing in certain directions. I mean, Obama famously used Facebook. And now we have Elon Musk saying that Twitter did engage in election interference. So, yes, it matters. Yeah, I get it. It's kind of celebrity nonsense stuff. But at the same time, this this story right now with Elon Musk and Ye, it's a uh, it's, it's bad. It's very bad. I mean, first, I think what Ye is doing is bad. Uh, you know, he went on the Alex Jones show and he said a whole bunch of things. Some people have likened it to public suicide, like he's destroying his character. Some people are worried about his mental health, his stability. He went on Alex Jones's show and said a whole bunch of stuff. We'll just put it mildly. A whole bunch of stuff. He said he liked Nazis. And I just, uh, you know, look, we talked about it last night. I talked about it yesterday. The story now is that Elon Musk has officially suspended Ye's account for incitement to violence. But I'm just going to come out and say it. What incitement to violence? Serious question. What Ye did was post an image of the Star of David with a swastika in the middle. I think it is deeply offensive because, come on, you get, you, you get the point. It's, it's shock content. But is it really inciting anyone to violence? Why take it down? I think that what we ended up seeing with Ye and Alex Jones is they called out Elon Musk. Now, Will Chamberlain, who is somebody who, act, who actively fights for reform on social media, said that uh, Elon is the king and he's not an absolutist, but just don't take a dump on the floor and you should be fine. I get it. I do. And I'll say outright, it is great that Elon is supporting free speech and unbanning people. Uh, I, I do not like what Kanye West is doing with posting this stuff and the people he's hanging out with and what they're posting. But I think they're allowed to have these opinions. And I think seeing them is important. And I think Elon Musk is falling into the same trap. Isn't it difficult to stand up for your principles? He said he wouldn't bring back Alex Jones. Now he's banned Kanye West for presumably what appears to be posting an offensive image, but calling it incitement to violence. And there it is. Hate speech is incitement to violence, they say. Right. Here's the story. Disgraced rapper Kanye is from the Daily Mail. 
Disgraced rapper Kanye West saw his Twitter account suspended by Elon on Thursday after he shared a picture of a swastika interlaced with the Star of David. The post came hours after an interview with conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. West sparked outrage by declaring his love for Nazis and his admiration of Hitler. Seriously. He even went to deny the, well, he said a couple things. He, he, he basically, I want to be very, very careful here. He was denying very serious elements about World War II. But people are trying to get into the semantics and the nuance. Look, I'm not here to do blanket statements. Ye said that six million Jews didn't die. That's what he was claiming. And uh, uh, factually and historically wrong. And there's, there's historical revisionists who are just like, look, I get it. History is written by the victors, all of that stuff. But I tend to be someone who's just like, while I can recognize the intellectual nuance of history and the bias, yo, Occam's razor, man. It's like more than one country was involved in this. There's photographs, there's witnesses. Luke Rudkowski's family, like he's a guy on the show. His grandparents, his great grandparents suffered under this stuff. But I get it. I get it. Some people just want to make these arguments for whatever reason. And uh, <laughs> I'll just say the fastest way to get canceled. Right. But uh, I, I was shocked to see that he was saying this stuff. So Elon Musk, who reinstated West banned account, a Twitter account last month after taking control of the company in October on Thursday, decided the musician's latest outburst on social media was the final straw. West's account was initially locked for 12 hours, preventing him from tweeting and later suspended. It is unclear whether the suspension is temporary or permanent. I think he should have locked his account right away. Like, as soon as he let Alex Jones tweet from his account, he should have put him on a few hour hold or something like that, because that is against the rules. Someone gets banned. You can't use someone else's account to tweet. And Alex went on his show and showed himself tweeting from the account. OK, uh, Elon should have just been like, hey, we're putting on a four hour suspension or a 12 hour suspension because you can't let someone do that. Alex Jones has not been reinstated. I think he should be. There you go. Maybe this would have prevented the string of tweets that occurred uh, uh, after this, including an image of what is it? What is Photoshop showing a Nazi swastika inside the Star of David and not the Buddhist swastika like some people are trying to claim? There are a lot of people, man. I say a lot of people. There's a handful of people. And they're coming out saying, you don't understand what Ye is trying to say. What he's really trying to say is, I, I don't care, dude. Look, I get it. Ian tried making the argument last night. He's trying to be Christ and forgiveness and all that stuff. And I'm just like, Ian, buddy, come on, man. At a certain point, someone just doesn't care about what they're saying. They're not articulating it properly. They won't have a conversation about it. Elon's on my show. I'm sorry, Elon. I wish Elon was on my show. Ye is on my show. And he gets up and storms out at like the slightest of questioning. And it's not, a, he, he asked me a question. This is the funny thing. He said the press was, was coming after him, blah, blah. And I said, I admit, they have been very unfair to you. And he goes, who is they, though? I'm like, the corporate press. Like, you literally just said the press, bro. But, you know, he gets up and storms off because he didn't want to hear what I had to say. And what I had to say is kind of similar to what Tucker Carlson had to say. Yo, these journalists are not Jewish people. These journalists who are writing these stories unprompted, they are white liberal women. Like, that's the demographic. But I don't blame women for this. You've also got Marjorie Taylor Greene. You've also got, uh, you know, Laura Loomer. They're women, too. Clearly, women isn't the defining factor of this stuff. But I digress. West was kicked off Twitter for incitement to violence after he posted the picture of a swastika in the Star of David. 
He indicated it would be the logo for his proposed 2024 presidential campaign. Oh, boy, do I have egg on my face because I said I thought he could win. To be fair, I thought he could win based on the stuff he did before this, like troll campaign, high profile PR controversy, not this degree of it. So what I want to say is the strategy he had, I believe, could win the presidency. The strategy he has now. Yeah, no, I definitely don't see that. West responded. Uh, so I'm sorry. Musk, who purchased Twitter in October and, ha- and who has since taken a more relaxed a stance on moderation, told West, sorry, but you have gone too far. This is not love in a text message shared by the rapper before the ban took effect. West responded, who made you the judge? I tried my best, Musk wrote. Despite that, he again violated our rule against incitement to violence account will be suspended. Shenanigans. It is an offensive image that I personally do not like. You get it. It's the point of virtue signaling, but it is not incitement to violence. I, I don't understand. How is this image telling anyone to do anything or, or, or encouraging anyone to do anything at all? It's, if anything, making a point in line with Ye's views. Very bad ones. They say he's crazy, too. And I'll say it again. They say he's crazy. Just because your views fall outside of mainstream norms does not mean you're crazy. It could mean you're stupid. It could also mean, in, in, uh, depending, that you're smart. Certainly not in this case. I disagree. I, I would not think so. But, you know, look, Galileo, for instance, believed things that went outside the norm and he was shunned and ostracized. And, but you can't call someone crazy because they're saying things you don't like. You can call them an a-hole. You can call them egregiously wrong and offensive, nasty and mean, insensitive, confused, whatever. But is Ye crazy? Maybe. Some people have said that he's clearly bipolar. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. But my experience with him on the show was that as soon as the camera went live, his behavior changed to me indicating that it was intentional. So I don't know what he's doing. There are some theories. You know, they're saying that uh, he's trying to burn down everyone around him. Anyone associated with him who made money, he's trying to destroy. I heard that one and I thought to myself, that's an interesting one. That may be it. I don't know why, uh, you know, I, I, I can't pretend to know everything, right? But as of, as of right now, I can tell you that uh, as you become more successful, you get clingers, betrayers, clout chasers, etc. And they're all trying to make money off you and they won't leave you alone. They'll make up lies about you. They'll they'll pretend to have been your friend when you like barely knew them. They'll pretend to be some oh so important family member from long ago. And you're like, bro, I never even hung out with you. And maybe that what is what's what what maybe that is what he's doing. He's basically saying, You know, after all is said and done with all his brand deals, he's rich forever. You know, he's got four hundred million dollars said they couldn't touch it. They say he owes three fifty million in taxes or whatever. Who knows how much he's got chilling, but he's rich forever. Maybe he just said, I did my thing. I've been there, done that. And all of these clingers, they're going to feel the heat. Some people are saying he was trying to get out of contracts. Uh, But someone last night on Timcast IRL super chatted us saying that he's trying to destroy those who, who profited off of him. And I was like, oh, man, that one I get. 
That's a personal bias, probably, because I can certainly understand what it's like when you've got mutineers and betrayers trying to profit off your name and make up lies about you. So, oh boy, would I love to believe that that's what Ye is doing. But I think maybe he's just hanging out with bad people saying bad things. He hangs out with certain individuals. He starts believing the things they say, and he rolls with it. Shortly after the suspension, Elon Musk tweeted, Fafo, oh boy, which means F around and find out. West's account then disappeared from Twitter, appearing with the label account suspended. It was unclear whether West's Twitter suspension is temporary or permanent. It looks permanent. And I love, I love the, the, the permanent suspension. Come on. Do not, Elon, you got to change that. Put permanently banned because suspension implies temporary. Saying permanent, it's so weird. Newspeak. Following West's tweet of the image, some noted that it appeared identical to the symbol for realism, a UFO religion that believes aliens created humanity using advanced technology. Oh, geez, man. Nevertheless, West's extensive comments praising Nazis just hours earlier weighed heavily on any interpretation of the symbol. Oh, yeah. Here's, uh, here's the picture that Ye tweeted, and Elon Musk said, that is fine. It is a chunky-looking Elon Musk getting hosed down by, who is it? Is that Ari Emanuel, I guess? I don't know. Someone said, let's be real. This is why Elon Musk booted him. I really doubt this is why Elon Musk booted him. Elon said, uh, he said, frankly, I found those picks to be helpful motivation to lose weight. Yeah. You know, uh, something similar for me, too. Yeah, uh, I was about 30 pounds heavier. I was at like 200 pounds and I'm at about 170. That's crazy to think about. And uh, I just didn't care. I literally did not care. Uh, I was just doing my thing. I was eating what I felt like eating and was just like, I don't know, whatever, who cares? And then, uh, uh, you know, people posted pictures of me. I saw videos from Fox News and, uh, uh, and I was like, man, maybe I should care. You know, if not for me, but for the people around me, right? Like the people who love me and want me to be healthy. And I'm like, I really should start paying attention to this. You know what I also kind of felt like? I feel like I'm running this company and uh, I get a lot of views and I should probably be a better example to people, try and inspire them. I shouldn't be sitting around talking about, you know, people should eat better when I wasn't. And I was like, okay, sugar's gone. Cut out the sugar. Uh, I'd always been exercising, but you know, I got to be honest. I would skate every day, but I was eating, I was eating probably it was a lot of rice and bread. And that's crazy that I got rid of that stuff. And then like, boom, the weight's gone. No joke. Like, no, the only thing I changed was that I was, I would skate every day. Then I would eat like, a, like rice, chicken and rice or something, or I'd have like a sandwich or I'd get like biscuits with my dinner. Crazy that I was like, okay, I'm going to eliminate the carbs from my diet for the most part. I still have some, like I ate a chocolate the other day. It's like no big deal. But all of a sudden, like the bread and the rice, I think the rice might've been it. Just within, within a month, I was down 10 pounds. And then it took me like another couple of months to drop another 10 pounds. And then, uh, no, no, actually, yes, like within two months, I was like down 20 pounds. And then the last 10, like took a lot longer. And I'm still actually losing weight. It's kind of crazy, but it's just very, very slow, very slowly. Anyway, I digress. Elon Musk says, no, that that photo actually inspired me to, to, to lose weight. He tweeted, this is fine. Then in response to the other image, he says, this is not. But I want to make sure I, 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 I drive this point home as well. He's saying it's incitement to violence. Yo, I don't, I don't see that as, I don't see how. But whatever, man. Will Chamberlain says, King Elon spake, there will be no Nazi garbage on my platform, and it was good. But what about free speech? Elon is the king, and he's not an absolutist. If you can avoid taking a dump on the floor, you'll be fine. 
Well, I humbly disagree in essence. I don't like what uh, Ye did, and I understand Elon's frustration, but it was not incitement to violence. And therein lies exposing the hypocrisy once again. Now, don't get me wrong. Elon is bringing good to the platform. Getting rid of this, he's getting rid of bad things. And I can understand that. I could understand what Jack Dorsey was saying when he was like, we have people who are at risk of suicide and things like that. But my principles dictate. This was not incitement. It was just a nasty thought. In Washington, D.C., political affiliation is a protected class. And it needs to be. I mean, imagine being a Republican and walking into a restaurant and they're like, we don't serve your kind around here. It's like, well, well, I have to be here, dude, because I work in government. So D.C. says you can't discriminate on the basis of someone's political party affiliation or political beliefs. Crazy, right? Because of that, we saw a bunch of the most abhorrent people moving to D.C. because they were like, well, now no one can kick me out. You walk into a place and they say you can't come here. and You say, why? So I know who you are. And it's, oh, political. That's a violation in D.C., right? This is, the, this is the issue that arose in 2018 when Twitter started suspending the alt-right, white nationalists, Nazis, etc. There was a, a Twitter account for the American Nazi Party. I mean, these are genuinely awful people who believe terrible things. And I view them worse than like, like wokeness is a blunt kind of uh, awfulness. And the Nazi stuff is a kind of acute awfulness. You know what I mean? Like sharp and shrill and really extreme. And the wokeness is like subversive and manipulative and creepy. But I think it's all bad. However, a political party not being allowed to have their platform, the opinions of the people who run this platform should not dictate what political opinions are allowed to exist in the public sphere. Let people see the awful speech and you need to call it out. One of the, I, I got to hand it to Alex Jones, man. I really do. There is some criticism I have for him in not pushing back hard enough. But I think about that and I'm like, and then what? If he did just come out and say, yeah, you're wrong and argue with him and give him a lecture, yeah, would storm out like he did on my show. Now, to be fair, I wasn't lecturing the guy. It's so weird. I, I said I agreed the press was unfair because they called him insane for supporting Trump. They've been they've consistently done things like this. And then he said, who is they? And I said, OK, well, for instance, and then he storms off. I'm like, bro, I was giving you my thoughts after you made a point and asked me a question. So he storms off. And then Alex, I assume, is worried about, yay, jumping, leaving, in which case he would not be able to actually have these questions answered. By doing this, this is really crazy. Alex Jones appeared normal. It was all sort of he appeared the more rational man in the room. And then he let Yay. Expose what he what he really thinks and who he is. And there's a lot of people who look up to this guy. Imagine if Ye actually was able to win the presidency believing these things. It is because of Alex Jones. He likely won't. It's kind of crazy, right? So I love this. There's some conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theory is uh, uh, let's talk about them. I don't I don't believe they're true. I don't know what's going on. Some people said that. Uh, so one is that Ye stormed off my show on purpose. And I believe there's evidence suggesting that's the case. Uh, obviously, it's my personal perspective. But if you watch the we, we did the members only uh, green room show with Ye, the behind the scenes. And he's calm and smiling the whole time. We talked for like an hour and a half before the show. We talked about the things he talked about. He did not say that he liked Hitler when he was here. He was talking about how uh, the people who are coming after him all tend to be Jewish. 
And then I said, but there's a lot of power, powerful people who want like who, people, people who aren't. And he was like, yeah, but you know, and, and, and you've heard me say it. But then he goes on Alex Jones and he says all this crazy stuff and Alex Jones pushes back and Ye doesn't care. Some people are saying that what Ye is trying to do is divide the right, that he's trying to go into the anti-woke spaces and sow chaos, trying to get them banned. And the moment he realized I would not let him say these things on YouTube, he gets up and walks out. And think about this. Here's, here's why they think that. On YouTube, there's a short fuse. You say the wrong thing, boom, YouTube nukes you. Well, I calmly was just like, no, I disagree. Ye realized he was not going to be able to get us nuked, and he storms off. On Alex Jones's show, there's no banning. So what does he do? He says the most outrageous things possible and tries to get that in the press and reflect upon AJ. I don't know if I believe that. Others have said that Ye is trying to shift the Overton window as far as possible in the other direction. That's his real idea, that he comes out as a mainstream celebrity on Alex Jones's show and says a whole bunch of crazy things. And all of a sudden, the Overton window shifts. Whether or not that was the intent, that's what happened. All of a sudden, I'm having conversations with leftists and we're like, we completely agree about the, the abhorrent nature of the things he's saying. The Overton window is being shifted rightward. That is, it's a big ask. Ye comes out and says some of the most vile things imaginable. And then all of a sudden, people on the right are agreeing with the left. And it's sort of like he's become a unifying villain for everybody. Not everybody. I don't know. But maybe, maybe the reality is Occam's razor. Ye's just sick of it. He's got too much money. He can do whatever he wants. He said on my show, he's like, I should hire a PJ if I'm going to get this Lex Friedman lecture or whatever. And I'm like, what? Bro, we, it is crazy. I was like, we were just talking about this very same thing. Why are you all of a sudden mad? I didn't get it. So people were like, he warned you, Tim, he'd storm off. And I'm like, I was talking to him for like an hour about a lot of this stuff. He's totally chill with a smile on his face. So it, I got to say, for me, it seems like something more was planned. Notice he's wearing a Balenciaga mask when he did this. I don't know, man. Maybe he's trying to say something. Maybe he's just trying to throw a pie in the most absurd way. No idea. No idea. I can only say this. I've, I've been given an opportunity based on the circumstances to point out that I don't see that image as incitement. The left does. Elon Musk is a free speech absolutist, but he, he banned him because he posted an offensive imagery. Uh-oh. Getting exposed. Was that what Ye was trying to do? I have no idea. Welcome to real life, I guess. It's been fun. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Indiana Jones. Iconic. And I was a kid. I grew up. I saw those movies that came out before I was born, I'm pretty sure. But it was cool, and to me, it was just normal. It was an idea that already existed. Isn't that crazy? You know, think about this uh, sometimes. These tropes and these characters and these heroes— I grew up with them just being in existence, as many of you did. Like Indiana Jones. The idea of a guy wearing a leather jacket with a tie and the, what kind of, is that a fedora and a whip? To me, that was just a normal character thing. And then there were parodies and there were homages in, in various media. But to the people who saw Indiana Jones for the first time when the movie first came out, it was unique. It was original. Quote, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny trailer makes a mockery of title hero seems to forget events of Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. Here we go. Everyone's calling to get woke, go broke. 
because behind the scenes scuttlebutt is that test viewings of the film are apocalyptically bad. People hate the movie. However, the director is saying there haven't been any test screenings. I don't know to trust. This is Disney. They mutilated Star Wars and burned it to the ground. And they're doing the same thing here with Indiana Jones. I'm not surprised. Now, I'd be a little bit more outraged if Kingdom of the Crystal Skull didn't actually happen because it did. And it's like, bro, this dude, Harrison Ford, he's awesome, but he is very old. They keep trying to do this stuff. Man, this trailer, it came out. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it breaks my heart because I, I, Indiana Jones is cool. And now they're just trying to rehash, relive, and it just doesn't work. So the big thing, I guess, is they've got a new female character. Shia LaBeouf is gone. He was supposed to take over the franchise. And they were like, "Uh oh, that dude went crazy, I guess. So now they have this woman who's taking over and it's just massive cringe. I don't know. Maybe the movie will end up being good. But based on who's running Disney right now, it's probably going to be bad. And to be completely honest, everything under the Disney umbrella seems to be just crumbling. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's a really funny meme about it where it's like, I used to really like the Marvel movies. Now I just kind of watch it passively to keep up and they're not that good. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I'm really excited for. I, I, I like the trailer, but it could just be it. That's, what, that, that's how they get you. Okay, these trailer companies. We got th- a three, three trailers I'll tell you about. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They use the song In the Meantime by Space Hog. They've got modern electronic sounds added to it. Some ambience, some, uh, uh, some a- ambient effects and reverb. Looks really good. We'll see. I think James Gunn does a good job. And then you have, uh, what, was the, what was the other one I was going to say? There's that, oh, Quantumania, right? And they use Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Same thing. These trailers are amazing. They give you the sense of awe and wonder and you just don't know. But then you watch the movie and the example that I'll give you is Wonder Woman 1984. They used, uh, I think, it, what was it? Blue Monday. The trailer was amazing. The music and everything and the movie sucked. So here we go. Fortunately for them, I suppose, they don't have to worry about letting us down because the trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny also is not that good. Just doesn't work, guys. Let's read the story from Bounding Into Comics. They say, In yet another example that Disney holds no respect for the legacy of the numerous IPs they've assimilated over the years, the first trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny seems to suggest the world's most famous archaeologist has forgotten his own past adventures. Okay. Released on December 1st, the trailer opens with a montage of the title's hero, Harrison Ford, life, uh, his, his life in the years since Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, oh heavens, among shots of Jones teaching, exploring a river-filled cave, and riding a motorcycle in pursuit of a departing plane, the familiar voice of the returning Salah, John Reese davies begins to reminisce. I miss the desert and waking up every morning wondering what wonderful adventure the new day will bring us. Those days have come and gone. The tired explorer replies to his old friend. Perhaps, Salah replies, perhaps not. Ooh. As Jones turns to Salah, intrigued by his open-ended suggestion, the trailer cuts to present, uh, to present, among other, you see how that works, present uh, another montage of clips, which begins by presenting audiences with glimpses at such forthcoming events as Jones fighting a Nazi atop a train, ostensibly in a flashback. Helena, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, in a rooftop pursuit, and the heroes discovering the eponymous Dial of Destiny. Oh, my. From there, 
The montage moves to tease a number of the film's action set pieces, including the aforementioned train top fight, a horseback chase through a parade, and it looks like the horseback riding itself is CGI, which is just crazy. Like, dude's too old to even ride a horse. Come on, man. You know what they're probably doing? They're just having an actor, and then they're deep faking his face. It's crazy because deep fake technology has gotten really good, but this still looks fake. Like, you can still tell it's deep fake. Suppose one day we won't be able to tell, and we'll be fine with it, I guess. They say uh, horseback riding and the exploration of ancient ruins by Jones and Helena, ostensibly in an effort to distract viewers from the nonsensical advice by offered by offered by Jones over the footage. I don't believe in magic, but a few times in my life I've seen things, says the hero to an unknown individual, presumably Helena, given the inflection of hope in his words, things I can't explain. And I've come to believe it's not so much what you believe, it's how hard you believe it. Wait, what? Ostensibly, given that this film is being advertised as a sequel, these words are being uttered by the same man who lived through the first three films. It's just because they don't know. They don't get it. It's crazy that fans get it better than they do. At a certain point, you have to say the dude will believe in something. At this point in his life, Jones has been presented with physical, objective proof of the existence of both the Christian God, courtesy of the literal wrath of God in Raiders of the Lost Ark, as well as the spirit of a Templar knight and the effects of the actual Holy Grail in the Last Crusade, and the Hindu god Shiva as seen in his evoking of the deity's name to heat up the Shiva Linga stones during the climax of the Temple of Doom. And to the last point, it should be noted that he was able to evoke Shiva's name without even really believing in the deity. It was a Hail Mary throw. Despite all of that, he's like, I don't believe in magic. He's even witnessed alien technology. As such, it's a stretch of the bullwhip, a stretch of bullwhip proportions from Disney to suggest that Jones would even entertain the possibility that something as abstract as magic existed in a world where such belief systems were provably true. And in all honesty, given the time period and the sheer awesomeness of the proof of his existence he has seen, Jones would likely be in a Christian church every Sunday. I'd certainly think so. Not only that, but thanks to his aforementioned outing in Mayapur fighting against the thug cult, Jones has also seen that strength of conviction is not enough to actualize one's own belief. Otherwise, Mola Ram may have emerged from their fight the victor rather than the crocodile snack. Finally, as a version of John Williams' original, the Raiders' March composition, known colloquially as the Indiana Jones theme, crescendos in conclusion to the montage, Disney closed out the trailer with an attempt at subverting audience expectations. Meeting with a number of shady figures in a Middle Eastern restaurant, Jones suddenly jumps back from the table in an attempt to intimidate his opponents begins to crack his whip in their direction. Following a declaration of get back from the archaeologist, the crowd responds to his threats by drawing their own individual firearms and taking aim at Jones. Shocked by the number of barrels he now finds himself staring down, Jones ends this inversion of Raiders of the Lost Ark's infamous duel by ducking down under the table as the crowd opens fire. We get it. Y'all remember that famous scene here in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the guy's doing the sword and then he just pulls out his gun and shoots. That was apparently ad-libbed. I guess like, or improv in the, because he didn't say anything. In the original, they were like, the guy's going to swing the sword and then Indy's going to fight him. And then Harrison Ford was like, why didn't you just shoot him? 
And they're like, oh, that's actually really funny. So the guy's going, yeah, yeah. And then he just pulls out his gun and shoots him and then turns around like nothing happened. Think about how brutal movies used to be. Indiana Jones straight kills a dude just like that. It's crazy. He's like, that is what made this guy, you know, tough and badass. Let's point out what this scene is. I'm just going to say it. He's cracking the whip, yelling, get back, not trying to hurt anybody. They all pull out their guns and keep shooting forward after he ducks instead of pointing their weapons down. It is stupid. Come on. Look, let's go back to the original scene and talk about why these things are fun. Also, Han Solo shot first. Remember that? Greedo. The reason why these movies are fun is that Indiana Jones is shown to be like, he'll kill somebody. He's not going to sit around and wait around. He just bang and kills him, shoots the guy. Well, presumably killing him. In the modern versions, everything is so watered down. Nothing makes sense. You know what? You know what original Indy would have done confronted with all these guys? He would have started mercilessly slashing their faces with the whip. He just he killed a guy. So in uh, Star Wars, there's the famous scene where Han Solo is sitting in the, in the table and Greedo, it's Greedo, right? He's like, where's the money? And then he just shoots him and kills him. So they edit the film later to make it so that Greedo shoots and Han dodges. And none of it makes sense. Why would he try to kill Han Solo, who he wants to collect money from or collect a bounty on? Does it make sense? They don't get the films. There's no logic behind it. So there's nothing inspirational about what this represents. You know, growing up watching these movies, watching these shows, you could understand motivations. Despite the fact a lot of the fight scenes are silly and the stunts were weak and the CGI was basically non-existent, there was a logic to what was happening. A guy is swinging a sword threateningly at Indiana Jones, so he shoots him. He's not going to sit around. He's not going to wait. He shoots him. Dude dies. They make a lot of jokes about the, the absurdity of movies, like in, in the film The Last Action Hero with Arnold. And uh, I don't know what the kid was. But it's like, it's a movie where the kid gets the golden ticket that opens up the movie universe or whatever, and then Arnold comes out into the real world, and then he shoots at a car, and it puts a bullet hole in it, and he's surprised because he assumed it would explode. Because in action movies, they like shoot the car and it blows up or whatever. But not really. It was like, it's an exaggeration of an exaggeration. In these movies, he shoots a guy, the guy goes down. In the modern version, it's cartoonish. All the villains are just firing wildly and nothing makes sense. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is set to premiere in theaters on June 30th, 2023. Now, here's here's where it gets woke and goes broke. All right. Postmillennial is reporting on this. They say the Daily Mail first reported on the rumor that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was set to become the new Indiana Jones back in 2021. Insiders claim Kathleen Kennedy, the Hollywood producer behind the franchise, is keen to make big, bold changes with fewer bigger with few bigger than switching the lead character to a woman. Well, first of all, Harrison Ford is too old to be doing this. I don't care who they switch it for, but oh, here we go. Kathleen Kennedy, the person who just blew up Star Wars, none seem to care, is probably about to do the exact same thing with Indiana Jones. On Twitter, Jack Posobiec wrote, so they're just reusing the Disney Star Wars plot for the new Indiana Jones, where the classic lead character is replaced by a Mary Sue no one has ever heard of. Wow. How does Kathleen Kennedy do it? Well, I want to be fair. They were originally trying to get this done with Shia LaBeouf, and then he kind of went nuts, I guess. And so they're like, okay, well, he can't be the new Indy. He could have been. He was like a greaser, I guess. Is that what the plot was? So Indiana Jones has a kid, but now he has a goddaughter. He's, he's your godfather or whatever. 
Okay, here we go. And she's going to, you know, how, how are they going to introduce her? She was interested in this stuff. Uh, her, what does her dad die or something? I don't know. According to IMDb, this will be the first Indiana Jones film not directed by Spielberg, but rather James Mangold. Bounding into Comics reported the film recently had test screenings, and all of them ended with Waller Bridge taking over for The Adventurer. She is set to play Jones's goddaughter, Helena. How much do you want to bet it's going to end with, like, Indiana Jones either dying or retiring, and then someone's going to be like, ma'am, wait, you forgot your bag. And she's going to say, thank you. Ma'am, tell me, what is your name? And she's going to go, Helena Jones. You know, whatever, some other stupid garbage. According to the outlet, a new rumor claims that Indiana Jones five test screenings are abysmal and that Disney is in a panic over the poor ratings. The director took to Twitter to deny there were any test screenings, much less that they were bad. So Mangold said, nope, haven't been any screenings at all. Okay. Someone said, you're wrong, basement dweller. Uh, You're wrong. Basement Dweller 46 said that KK personally replaces Indiana Jones with a woman in the movie and test screenings audience hate it. Mangold says, well, Paulo, it's up to who you believe. An anonymous troll named Basement Dweller and Doomcock were the actual director of the film. No one will ever replace Indiana Jones. Not in any script, not in any cut, never discussed. I think it's probably true that people are are, are, um, spreading rumors. Fair point. Mangold's denying it. At the very least, here's what I think is possible. Kathleen Kennedy probably, of course, wanted to replace Indiana Jones with with a woman. And replace, maybe he's playing a semantic game. Indiana Jones can never be replaced because this is the end of his career and he did his thing. We're going to do new movies in a similar vein, the same universe with very similar characters. So will probably be in it. And it's going to be Helena Jones. She's not replacing Indiana. She's her own character. Sure. We'll see, I guess. Reporting from The Sun also confirms insiders said there were test screenings and the producers are unsure what ending to use. So if you've got multiple outlets reporting, as well as the strong word of Basement Dweller 46, you know, aside from the Basement Dweller thing, let's be serious. But if The Sun is reporting, it sounds like it's probably true. According to the Daily Mail, an unnamed Disney insider said a handful of different endings have been shot and are being shown to test audiences. In one, Indy dies, but not before handing over his bullwhip to Phoebe's character. A few on social media poked fun at the film's tile. title, sorry, uh, the dial of destiny and they're showing. So some people are saying that it may have to do with time travel. They say it involves the space race, Soviet Union. The trailer does showcase a DH Ford. So the theory right now is the Dial of Destiny may be related to the Nazis, the Nazi bell or whatever, a theorized time machine. Some have said the Dial of Destiny is a device that will allow them to alter the fate of an individual. And then it makes sense. Maybe what we're seeing with de-aged Harrison Ford is not a flashback, but history being changed. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They say while the new uh, trailer mostly serves as a teaser for the film, clips can be seen of the main character as, uh, as well as Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Salah, played by John rhys Davey. Producer Kathleen Kennedy, who was responsible for the Star Wars sequel trilogy, oh heavens, said what she is really excited about is a de-aged Harrison Ford. Cinema Blend reports, Kennedy said, my hope is that although it will be talked about in terms of technology, you just watch it and go, oh my God, they just found footage. This was a thing they shot 40 years ago. As The Guardian reports, the Star Wars sequel trilogy was a galactic mess. The three films were not made with a unifying vision. Oh, no, they weren't. I love how 
the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogies literally make no sense. And I've thought about this because I went and saw Glass Onion, which was really good, by the way. Some kind of elements of wokeness in it, but not over the top. Enjoyable, enjoyable film. What is, it, what is the character's name? Benoit Blanc. Daniel Craig does a great job. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was really, really fun and entertaining. It's cool how they how they how they how they did the film, how they sequenced it. I like it. But Ryan Johnson, who made Glass Onion, did a good job with that, who did a good job with Knives Out, who did a good job with a bunch of movies, to be honest, utterly destroyed Star Wars. And I wonder if he did it on purpose, because, uh, you know, in, in Star Wars, The Last Jedi, the one he did, which was just so bad. My favorite scene is when they're in the ship and the plasma blasts are arcing in space. Like, what is this? It's like, makes no sense. What is it like molten metal? Why is it arcing? Is it magnetized? I don't know. Anyway, in that film, you have Kylo Ren say the past uh, is dead, like let it die or whatever, whatever he says, kill the past, destroy it if you have to, something like that. Let the past die, destroy it if you have to. I can't remember the exact quote. And I kind of feel like that's what Ryan Johnson was trying to tell all of us. And I respect it. Knives Out, original IP, very enjoyable. Politics done right. The woke aunt with the, with the based uncle and they're arguing with each other. Then you have Glass Onion. Some elements are in there, but it's not really all that much. It's, it's just an interesting. It's a fun film. And then he just bombs Star Wars. Hmm. Maybe what he's saying is stop rehashing old stuff. We had Indiana Jones. It was fun. Come up with something new. They don't want to risk the money, so this is what you get. Just bring Indy back. Taking an archaeologist in a leather jacket with a whip is fun and exciting. Make a new character. How about a, you know, okay, archaeologist. How about a, a race car driver? And um, he, because this, you know, because he got Fast and the Furious, race car driver has to race across Russia, which is massive. And uh, there's, there's a, um, let's just say Russian intelligence is trying to stop him because he's, uh, you know, working on a new technology. You can talk about Indiana Jones in the films that he was, he was in and what the, the plots are. And then I'm not going to pretend to be a great writer or anything like that. I'm just making a point. The, 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 the Holy Grail. So Indiana Jones and his dad, they want to find the Holy Grail. It's not a complicated plot. You make an interesting character, you make it fun. You take something like that, you make it fun. I like Stargate SG-1. They took myths and religion, and they turned it into sci-fi, and then they explained elements of the story exploring that. I thought it was really, really interesting. How about we do something like that? You take, you take an, an existing myth, but as a seed, and then you expand upon a modern iteration of what could be uh, accomplished by it. In this instance, with Indiana Jones, I think it's actually a relatively simple idea. An archaeologist, he finds the Ark of the Covenant. He finds the Holy Grail, the Crystal Skull. A lot of people complained about like aliens. No, but the Crystal Skull was a thing. Granted, probably a hoax, but they took something and then they, and they expanded upon it. How about right now you say, we've done that. We shouldn't just keep doing that. I like how they used a frumpy face of uh, Waller Bridge, by the way. But how about you come up with something new. How about a journalist? Oh, I guess people don't like journalists these days, but a real one who's uh, reporting on uh, conspiracy 
And what you do that is you take real conspiracy theories, you make them seem more plausible, you break them down to their elements, and then you make a movie series about a journalist, not a fighter, but he's a journalist. He does get into some fights and it could be very much like this. And then it's like uh, the men in black and it's a journalist exposing uh, a secret organization. Like you've got Mission Impossible. You could make the elements, the character uh, like traits that people liked about Indy and do something like that. I guess people don't like journalists, so maybe it's a bad idea. Anyway, man, the reason why I talk about this stuff, because our culture is stagnant. It's been stagnant. And we need something new. I'm trying to make it, I guess, with your support over at TimCast.com. That's what we're doing. But this is it, you know? They're just going to keep rehashing the same stuff, and they're probably going to butcher it. So we'll see, man. I don't want to be a downer on all this stuff, but I don't have faith in Kathleen Kennedy or Disney. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.